I would rather spend time and invest into people than to be out knocking on doors and spending thousands of dollars advertising through traditional marketing channels. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host for the podcast. So today we're going to talk about building stronger relationships. And when we talk about building stronger relationships, we mean this with a few different kind of sets of people, right? Uh, number one, the clients that you have or have had in the past. Uh, number two, your referral partners and people that will give work to you, you know, through referrals and word of mouth and everything that we love to, to talk about organically. Uh, and then also with your employees. And, and I would even put subcontractors in there for those of you guys that run the subcontractor model or a hybrid model. How do we build stronger relationships with all three of these people? And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about really apply in your in your personal life too, right? And, and your relationship with maybe your children, with your spouse, with friends, with family, everybody, you know, around you in the community, other business associates, right? Everything that we're going to talk about really applies to that stuff. Uh, but obviously we want to look at it kind of from a business point of view as well. And, you know, because I really believe that many things in business and in life rise and fall in relationships and the people around you. You know, if you think back to a lot of the jobs you might have had growing up or, you know, before you became an entrepreneur, I'm going to guess it was probably through some sort of a connection, a network, a relationship that you had. I know for me, Student Painters was the first interview I had ever went on that was an actual legit interview that I didn't know anybody there or had like an in at the company, right? The other three or four jobs that I had before that all came because I I knew the owner of the business was a family friend or I was friends with somebody and their one of their parents owned a company, right? Uh, even when I worked at Red Robin, as we've talked about on previous episodes, one of my really good friends already had worked there and was like, we need busters. And if you can just show up for an interview in the next two days, you pretty much are going to get a job because I'm telling them that they should hire you. Um, and so think about that, right? What's the power of relationships? Uh, and so we want to spend today talking through some things you can do to help build stronger and better relationships with people in your life. Uh, and like I mentioned, it works in your personal life too. So it's not just business. Hopefully some of these nuggets will help you in the personal life of your business too. And so I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. All right. So heading into wintertime, in my opinion, relationships are as important as ever. We just wrapped up our elite business retreat here uh, when, when which we started kind of brainstorming and, and putting together a whole marketing plan on how to stay busy through wintertime. What can you start doing now? What should you be doing each month as we lead up to wintertime? Because for most people listening to this, um, wintertime is a slower period for you, whether it's weather related or whether it's just the holidays in general, right? In that season of, you know, kind of end of November, December and, and early January. Uh, and I really believe, as I mentioned in the intro, um, I always kind of go back to relationships, right? When it comes to slower time periods of business, whether it's we're talking about economic changes and downturns. I know that was something we talked about on an episode earlier this year, that if the economy is going to shift and, and pull back into a recession, um, relationships will help power you through that. And I believe that that works as well for wintertime, right? Some of you guys, we've talked before on the show that 
the customer appreciation event that we did uh, the one year, like early to mid November um, was the busiest winter we ever had. Right. And it was literally a customer appreciation event for referral partners. Some of our top clients, I think we had like 20 of our top clients that we invited there. Um, and it really was truly from a place of giving back uh, and maybe a tax deduction too, um, just to show appreciation to everybody that helped us build our business. But coincidentally, that was also the busiest winter we ever had. So you can be strategic with some of those things as well. Um, but I think when we start talking about relationships with people, um, I think there's really two important kind of fundamental things to understand when it comes to dealing and, and working with human beings. Uh, and these are two things that were very impactful for me in my life with, with people, um, again, relationships with spouse, with friends, with family, to really understand these two key things. And we're going to break them both down here in depth. Number one, the five different love languages. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, love language, like I'm not talking about intimate relationships, although it really works for that too. But I think this is just a human nature um, of things that the way that we speak and the way that we feel appreciated and loved by people. Uh, and then the second one is the four personality temperaments. Uh, and so I want to kind of go through and break down each of these a little bit and really how that applies to today's episode on building stronger relationships with people. So let's hit on the five love languages. Uh, there's a book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages, and it's really made for spouses. Um, but he's also made some additions for the five love languages for singles, for parenting, for the workplace. Like he's kind of made a lot of different iterations, but the concept of the five love languages doesn't change really throughout them. It's just the application of them. Uh, and so I'm going to kind of go high level here on this and break down each of the five. The first one is called physical touch. Um, this is going to be a little bit more probably on an intimate setting or with friends. You're probably, uh, and again, when we say physical touch, it's, um, it's not in an inappropriate way. It's, you know, touching somebody's back, right? Like you come alongside them and you touch their back, right? It's just literally that physical presence of another human being, um, that, you know, will, will fill their, you know, emotional love tank as he calls it in the book. Um, but really what that means is it's somebody that likes you, Right. Again, I'm not talking just intimate relationships. I'm talking also friendships and even in a relationship that you want to build stronger with your clients. And so, again, physical touch can be kind of a weird one as we talk about it in the business sense. Um, but really what he talks about in the book is one of the biggest things for people is they will speak the language that fills their emotional needs, right? Their love tank. And so get really good at reading people. If you have a homeowner that is very much like doesn't even want to shake your hand, well, one, they're definitely not physical touch and be aware of that while you're there at the estimate, right? Or you're there at the job site with them. Or you may have that homeowner that like has no boundaries of personal space, right? Like they're not afraid to be right next to you because they're probably a physical touch um, love language. Right. And so again, I wanted to get that one out of the way first, uh, cause it's kind of one of the weirdest as we talk through it in the workplace and in business and stuff, but it is a reality for people. Right. Um, the second one, this is where we'll get into a little bit more of the meat and potatoes here, uh, words of affirmation. This is the second love language. And, and really what words of affirmation is people want to hear good, affirming, positive things. Right. And so this really will apply with, you know, people that, uh, customers that you've had before, again, referral partners, employees, right. Make sure you're showing them appreciation. Make sure you're thanking them. Um, when was the last time you wrote a handwritten thank you note to somebody again, whether it was a client, whether it was an employee, um, whoever it might be, even a friend, right. When was the last time you just wrote them a thank you note and just said, thanks for always being there for me. 
right? Little things like that. Um, because I really believe that in a, in an instant world, right, where we can fire off a text or an email, um, or send them a Snapchat or, you know, send them a funny reel on Instagram or something, right. That we've lost the art of like some of the common foundational things that really speaks volumes to people. Right. Anytime I get a handwritten card in the mail, I instantly, um, like think about the amount of time and energy and effort that went into that, right? It's great for somebody to send a text say, Hey, we appreciate you. Like you've been a huge help to us or, you know, if it's a client or something, um, like that means a lot to me, uh, cause I am a words of affirmation person, but also it really means a lot more when somebody takes time. Cause I know that when I get a handwritten card, that means I had to stop. They had to get cards, right? Even if you ordered them a hundred in bulk on Amazon, you had to get the card. You had to handwrite it out, which for me, handwriting is painful because auto correct and spelling and I have terrible handwriting, right? Um, and then you got to get my address and then you got to put a stamp on it and then you have to take it to the post office or put it in your mail. Like there's a lot more steps that go into writing a handwritten thank you note than just firing off a text message, right? And so for me, that means a lot to me. And for people at our words of affirmation, that's gonna mean a lot to them. Um, one thing that Rachel and I've talked about on our, some of our previous relationship marketing episodes we talked a lot about last week is connection cards. Um, what's just something little and fun you can do to stay connected with people, um, to drop in there, right? You know, like in March, um, she always said like, you know, do a dollar scratch off ticket and, and just something, Hey, we're so lucky to have you as a referral partner or as a client or something like that, right? Just little things that are going to go a long way with people that have that words of affirmation. Um, and again, it, you can read people and understand like, oh, what really speaks to them, right? Um, you can tell when somebody really appreciates a text message that you sent them because they're probably going to send something back and be like, oh my gosh, that means the world to me. Thank you so much. You just made my day, right? Rather than like, hey, absolutely. We're happy to help. And, you know, thanks for the message. Right. Like there's a difference. You're going to be able to read people's responses on things. And with some people, it's going to take a little bit of time. Right. Um, but when it goes into building good relationships, again, with referral partners, this is huge because you're building that long term ongoing relationship with them. Uh, the third one is acts of service. Acts of service is also works really well in your personal life with people, right? Like understanding like, hey, what can I do for you that means a lot to you? Um, again, but I look at this from your clients, right? What are small things that you can do? for your clients while you're there with them already or while you're at an estimate, you know, and, and I always say this, like you may not know what some people's love languages are, just do a good amount of these, right? Because you're going to hit one of the five or two of the five. Most people have one really dominant one um, and then kind of a, a secondary one or, or two really strong ones. Like for me, I'm words of affirmation and physical touch. Uh, so my wife and I've always joked to say, just hold my hand and tell me I'm pretty and I'm, I'm pretty happy, right? Like I still appreciate when she does acts of service or something else. But for me, just doing one of those two things or both of those two things is really what makes me feel loved and appreciated, right? Um, and so for your clients, right, what are some things you can do while you're already there for them? One of our core values at Elite Painting was always do the small unexpected things, right? If there's a package on their front porch, you know, and you're going out to your car to get another roller cover or something or a roll of tape uh, and you come back in, just bring the box inside and set it inside the door for them. Right. Um, if you, they get home and, and they're unloading their car with groceries and you happen to be at a spot where you see this go on, like stop what you're doing and go help them. Right. Um, bring up their trash cans if their trash has already came. Like just all the little things. Um, I've even had some clients that like kind of feel that same value. Um that like, you know, people have dogs and you might be there for a week and you get really attached to them. Like they literally were like, Hey, can I go take your dog on like a 10 minute walk? And the homeowner was like totally caught off guard, but like, 
absolutely. Like the dog loves you. Like, you know, why not? Right. Um, that might be a little too far and out of your comfort zone. That's fine. But like find all the little things you can do for people. Um, and I think that even goes a long way um, in other things you can do in ways you can kind of have servant leadership for your employees and for referral partners, right? Um, especially if there's like events going on and, and people may need help setting up or cleaning up or doing things like just be there to go above and beyond and help people, right? It's not sucking up. It's, it's called acts of service, right? There's a difference between that. Uh, the fourth one is called um, giving gifts. Uh, or receiving gifts would be their love language. And I think this is a great opportunity to mention, like giving people like small, unexpected gifts really is a good thing. Again, even if somebody's primary love language isn't receiving gifts, anytime you give somebody something, they're like, nobody's probably ever been mad about it, right? Anytime somebody's given me a bottle of bourbon, I've never complained about it or a box of golf balls, right? Like even whether it's my favorite ones or whatever, like that just, again, it's the thought. Right. And that's a, I've always joked with Christina and even like people. And I'm like, really, I'm all five of the love languages. Like, yes, I have the two primary ones, but any of the other three, it just shows me that you're thinking about me and that's good enough for me. Right. Um, and so giving a gift can be a great way to build relationships, whether it's a, a gift card. Um, I like to do things personalized for people for something that means a lot to them. Um, there's a book out there, I've referenced it before, called Giftology by John Rulin. And really the premise of the book is that if you are giving somebody a gift in order for it to have the max effect, kind of like the handwritten thank you notes as compared to the text message or the email, um, for it to have the max effect, it should be a gift that speaks to them and something they're gonna appreciate, right? So for example, if you want to get somebody a bottle of wine, the best thing you could do would be to somehow do some undercover research and figure out what their favorite wine is, right? Or if you don't know, maybe go with something different because um, you don't want to get somebody a gift and then like they're just like, eh, I'm not going to use this, right? Um, so think about that. And also he says in the book, if you're giving a gift with your logo on it, and this is a really fine line to walk, trust me. If you're giving a gift with your logo on it, it's more of a gift for you than it is for the person receiving it. And that's always really stuck with me. Um, and I think there's a fine line to walk between that, right? With brand awareness and branding and certain things, but then also like useless things, right? <clears throat> like I would rather give somebody something that has our logo on it that is useful in their life than like a keychain with our logo on it. Like I don't think keychains are nearly as popular as they were 20 years ago. Um, and so like for me, it's just kind of like a waste. It's a waste of money. We talked about that on a previous episode. Um, but I would rather give somebody a gift of something that is their favorite sports team or something that means a lot to them, right? If you know they're a bourbon drinker, get them a good bottle of bourbon that you like or something, right? Um, just find a way to do something that caters to them because it's going to mean a lot more than just like, Hey, here's a $25 gift card for, you know, Olive Garden that might get one entree covered. Right. Um, you know, like just get them something that's going to mean a lot to them. And that goes for some of you guys that do thank you gifts for, um, referrals and clients, right? I know we have some clients that's like, anytime we do a job over 10 or 15 or $20,000, we always get them a thank you gift. Don't get them something with your logo on it. Get them something that they're going to appreciate and cherish. Um, personalized stuff always wins, right? That, that I know I mentioned that, um, you know, I say the sports teams, but even like, well, we had a client got us a personalized like whiskey decanter and glasses that's got our last name on it, like in a monogram logo. 
it's one of the coolest gifts I think I've ever got. Um, and just cause again, they're taking time to show appreciation. The last one and the fifth one is called quality time. Um, and this is a really easy one in some cases, because I think one foundational piece of building relationships with people, regardless of their love language is spending time with them, getting to know them, right? This is great for referral partners. This is great for other people. This is great for your employees, right? Is the time you're spending around your employees and your subcontractors purely transactional on job sites, checking in on them, you know, whatever, or are you spending time getting to know them as people? Um, and so invite people, you know, again, anybody in that, in that category to, events that you're going to, right? Networking events, maybe lunch, maybe it's a happy hour, maybe it's coffee, right? Find a way to connect with people and spend some one-on-one -on -one time with them. Because again, people want to do business with who they know, like, and trust, right? Whether again, it's an employee or whether it's a client or a referral partner. Um, but I think the biggest key here is to make it about their personal life and not about business. Make the conversation focused around getting to know them as human beings and what do they do and who are they and where do they come from and what do they like doing and just who are they as a person? Don't make it about business necessarily. And when you can do that, again, you get people to know, like, and trust you. Uh, I think it's important to kind of remember, put your phone away, right? Um, how, I guess, unflattering is it if you're at lunch with somebody and unless there's like some family thing going on and they're like, hey, just an FYI, like I'm going to kind of keep my phone out in case, you know, whatever my mom's having surgery or, you know, whatever that might be. Right. But like how off putting is it that you're having lunch with somebody and all they keep doing is like checking their phone every five minutes. Like to me, I'm like, do you even want to be here or like, do you want to go somewhere? Um, and I've made that mistake one time with somebody unintentionally. I think it was when I had my painting company, I kind of always would get my phone out, maybe check it in case like anybody needed something, which by the way, there's no paint emergencies. So it's really a terrible excuse, but, um, and whoever I was with, I appreciate that she called me out. I know who it was. I won't say her name. I'll see if she ever listens to this and remembers. Um, she literally looked at me and she was like, do you have something more important you need to go do? And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I'm going to put my phone down and I'm not going to look at it. Like, Nope. I apologize. Just bad habit. Like, and I realized I was like, Ooh, that's kind of something I need to be very aware of, you know, in, in meetings with clients, but also like anytime I'm with people trying to spend time with them. Um, another thing, try not to rush the meeting, right? I understand schedules and sometimes you might be running late or certain things, but like, again, if you're inviting somebody to lunch, there's nothing worse than like, Hey, I need to be in and out of here in 30 minutes. Like, unless they are a direct personality, which we'll talk about in a second, like that's not going to sit well with people, right? Nothing says quality time. Like, Hey, let's get in, let's get out and let's move on with our day. Um, so try to find a time that you can rush it or at least just be upfront with them. And you know, 45 minutes to an hour is a pretty good time. Just say, Hey, FYI, tell them ahead of time, like, Hey, FYI, I have a one o'clock meeting. Um, so I probably need to leave here about 1250 or so, but you know, if we meet at 12, that'll give us plenty of time to grab lunch and catch up for a bit, like be upfront and forward with them about that. Um, but try not to rush through it or again, be distracted or kind of feel that anxious, like, Oh my gosh, I got to get out of here feeling, um, cause that will come through to people. So I think understanding what speaks to people, what makes people feel loved and appreciated is a really good foundational thing. Again, whenever I understood that, like I started looking at relationships differently. Um, but I think the second big game changer for me in understanding people and understanding how to build better relationships with people was 
the four different personality temperaments. Uh, I know we've talked about DISC a lot. DISC is one of the most popular ones that kind of highlights the four different personalities. But I think when you start to understand people, and sometimes um, once you get into this world and understanding it, you can kind of look at people and, and get to know them pretty quickly and kind of have a good idea of what direction, which quadrant they're falling into, right? Um, and I think that it's good to know this because it's good to know like who wants to go out and, and have fun, right? Who's more introverted? Who, um, you know, who is good with having a quick 30, 40 minute like task oriented lunch and okay, great. Like you can kind of understand people and, and probably invite them to things that cater a little bit more to their personality. Right. Um, and who you're going to enjoy time with as well. Uh, and so the four different ones, I'll kind of highlight these real quick. Um, but really, if you kind of look at this like in a um, like a four quadrant graph, you would have um, task oriented on one side, uh, like at the top. And then at the bottom, it would be people oriented. Uh, and then on the left side, you would have introverted. And on the right side, you would have extroverted. And everybody kind of falls into you're either people oriented or task oriented. And then you're either extroverted or introverted. So I'll kind of explain each one of the four here. There's a lot of books. We have a free disc assessment. Um, if you are interested in getting access to that, it takes like 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, we recommend people using that for part of their interview screening process too. Uh, but shoot me an email, chris at eliteBusinessAdvisors.com. Shoot me an email. I'm happy to share that link with you uh, to take this assessment and get a good understanding of yourself. And I would recommend doing it for all of your employees too. Um, but really the, the first one with disc is it's it's called dominance. Um, it's the D personality. These people are pretty direct. They're to the point. They don't need a lot of the fluff. Um, these people on that quadrant would fall into a task oriented extrovert, right? They're very task oriented, but they are outgoing, but they might steamroll you um, because they're so task focused. This, I'll be honest, this is kind of where I fall into. Um, I can kind of adapt myself in different times, but my natural tendency is I am very much a D personality out of the four of them, um, which obviously there's a lot of fun jokes that come along with that. Um, but I'm very direct. Like I am a task oriented person. I love being around people. I'm extroverted, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to be more task oriented than I am going to be people oriented. Uh, the second one is called influence. It's I, um, influence is a little bit more fun and social. Uh, there's kind of a joke that the details don't matter. They just want to be around people, have a good time. Um, these people are people oriented extroverts and that freaks a lot of people out, right? If you're a people oriented extrovert, holy smokes, like you may not be really good at to-do lists. You may not get a lot of things done. You might forget where you put your car keys, but man, you're going to have a blast finding out where you parked because you're going to make friends along the way and probably end up with six or seven people helping you find your car. That's kind of the, the, um, stereotype with the influence. All of these have stereotypes. I'm, I'm only going to hit on the ones that aren't my personalities. Um, the third one is called steadiness. This is the S personality. These people are a little bit more reserved. Uh, they kind of absorb information. They're a little bit more of a sponge. They just kind of observe people. Uh, they go with the flow. They don't like to make a lot of decisions. They don't want to make anybody mad. Um, they're just kind of the steady, consistent, level-headed person. Um, and these people are actually considered people-oriented introverts. So naturally, they're a little bit more introverted, but they still like people. They want to be around people. They're just maybe a little more quiet, um, but they're having a great time. Um, people with this personality, for me, are very hard to read because <clears throat> I'm used to people like, hey, if you're having fun, usually you're showing it, right? You're smiling, you're laughing, you're having a good time, you're outgoing, but it's like you're introverted naturally. And so you don't really show that you're having fun, but you might leave some event and be like, that was one of the most fun nights I've ever had. And I'm like, 
you want to show it? Like nobody knew, nobody could tell, right? So they're just steady, go with the flow, um, kind of hard to read sometimes people. Uh, and then the last one is called compliance. This is the fourth one, the C personality. These people are a little bit more analytical. Routines are very important to them. Um, these are task-oriented introverts, right? So uh, a lot of engineers, a lot of accountants, a lot of people that are very analytical and what they have to do for a living kind of fall into this, not always by any means. Uh, a lot of you guys have met Crystal. She kind of falls into this, but she also has a lot of other great qualities and things that come in from some of the other personalities too. Um, and so it's not 100%, again, there's stereotypes out there, but um, these people are very methodical. They're very analytical. They want to make, they want all the... Um, all the things that are going to influence their decision, get all that knowledge before they make a decision, right? Whereas some of the other ones might just make a decision and then worry about the details and consequences later. Um, C personalities want all the information up front and they're going to analyze it. They're going to think about it. They're going to sleep on it before they make those decisions. And so these task oriented introverts um, are, you know, exactly that they're, they're task focused. They're great um, with certain things. Uh, and my personality is I'm, you know, the D which is the more dominant trait that I have, but I also kind of fall into the C. Some of you guys know the love I have for spreadsheets and certain things, right? So um, having that definitely, you know, just backs up that I am a task-oriented person at the end of the day. Give me a to-do list, just let me knock it out. Like, and I will try to do it with a smile and not run you over. Um, you know, and so I think it's just good to, to understand kind of these two different things, right? Uh, and again, dive a lot deeper into these, read some books, listen, listen to some books, do some research on them. Um, but I think the biggest thing is use these to build better relationships with people, to build stronger relationships. When you understand somebody's personality, when you understand their love languages and what speaks to them and how you can communicate with them, you are going to have a much stronger relationship with them, which is going to increase your business tenfold. Again, whether it's any of those three categories we mentioned early on. Uh, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is I've always said that I would rather spend time and invest into people than to be out knocking on doors and spending thousands of dollars advertising through traditional marketing channels. I would rather study this stuff and get better with it and be around people because I am that kind of extrovert, right? Versus just doing a lot of things that are, you know, tedious, not fun. Uh, and so for me, if you do a lot of networking, if you do a lot of events and, and things where you're out meeting new people, get really knowledgeable in both of these things that we just covered. And so I hope that helps you guys. Um, let's make today another great day and let's get busy for winter time and start building those relationships right now. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you have questions from today's episode or would like more information on how we help our clients, visit us online at www.elitebusinessadvising.com to schedule a free business analysis meeting. If you're a painting contractor, be sure and check out our Elite Business Academy on there too. We have a systematized program designed to help you treat your business like a business. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you automatically get the newest episode every Tuesday morning. And lastly, my ask of you is if you found that our podcast to be beneficial, we'd love to hear from you by giving us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will organically help us reach other business owners all over North America to help them in their business. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day.